We are coming in with Stephen Knight, and we're going over to Darcy Weir and UFOs. So get ready for that, folks, and here we go. Hello, Darcy. How are you? I'm good, Stephen. How are you? Wonderful. Welcome to Outward Unleashed. Um, Maybe you can let our uh, audience know what it is you do. How would you describe your work? Yeah, so um, I'm a documentary filmmaker. I've made over 16 feature-length documentaries at this point. Most of them focus on fringe sort of theory uh, evidence. Uh, I, I kind of go on a chronological, factual basis whenever I'm documenting a, a theme or story. And um, many of my documentaries have focused on the UFO topic. So, uh, you know, if people are aware, just yesterday, David Grush, a former intelligence officer that was actually in charge somewhat with uh, the UAP issue, has gone viral in the United States. He went on News Nation. Uh, and he stated that the United States military has captured craft from non-human intelligence sources. They have bodies, everything. And uh, it's pretty groundbreaking right now in the world of uh, UAP, UFOs. Um, and, you know, this is people may maybe familiar with guys like Bob Lazar. He's a controversial figure. Some people don't really believe his story. But this David Grush is a former intelligence officer, high ranking, everything about him checks out. And this is huge. This is history in the making right now. He, uh, you know, has really blown the whistle on this. He may suffer the consequences, but for the sake of truth, it's a really big, big time in history right now. And, uh, I'm excited about it because a lot of my documentary filmmaking has focused on the UAP or UFO truth um, and trying to, you know, expose the cover up and the fact that this truth has been hidden from the public for over 75 years now. And uh, my recent documentaries have been focusing on have been on the uh, idea that NASA has been part of the cover-up. They have witnessed anomalies in space as early as 1961, when their very first uh, space missions were being carried out with the X-15 rocket plane. Um, astronauts that later on had spoken to the public, spoke about their UFO encounters when they first uh, left Earth orbit You know, at Apogee. And um, it's been going on ever since, even during, you know, the Apollo manned missions, the Gemini manned missions into space. And uh, it carries on till today, you know, as recently with the STS missions and the International Space Station. So um, it's an exciting time for me and I think for the world if, if they tune into this uh, story as it unfolds. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a fascinating uh, subject matter for sure. Gets everybody's uh, imagination firing. There's a lot 
wrapped up in it, you know, big government conspiracy, things like that. I mean, it was interesting what you said a moment ago about you focusing in a way that was objective and evidence-based. However, it's very clear, just listening to what else you said, that you're firmly in the camp of UFOs are a real thing and there is a cover-up involved. So how, how do you maintain objectivity when you're sort of investing in this from an ideological perspective yourself? Well, I mean, we have lots of documentation. We have lots of picture and video evidence that something anomalous has been happening, being recorded during space missions, uh, astronauts talking about it, both on uh, transcript recordings from uh, basically a, f a flight recorder during the Gemini and the Apollo manned missions going around the moon, um, they stated all kinds of anomalies of structures on the lunar surface on the record. And uh, many of those astronauts have been very vocal about the UFO issue. Uh, James McDivitt, uh, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, Apollo uh, 14 astronaut, was very vocal about the cover-up and disclosure of UFOs being, you know, around our planet. Uh, non-human intelligence. And, uh, you know, the list goes on. If you watch some of my work, I, I break it down chronologically and I show all of the data. I show the pictures that come right from NASA's uh, catalog, their, fo their photo catalog over the years. I show video or, or at that time, DAC motion picture footage. But as of recently, uh, the STS missions, the space shuttle missions, as well as the um, ISS missions have space cameras that have recorded multiple UFO anomalies. Uh, there's been credible scientists like Dr. Jack Kasher have written physics papers about these anomalies and how it can't just be space ice or some kind of uh, prosaic object. These things are moving with intelligent control. Um, and there is you know, an opportunity to look at these objects and think maybe these craft or these objects are top secret black budget military uh, industrial complex um, technology. But the way that some of them maneuver uh, are at speeds that are just beyond anything we can comprehend in terms of our own public technology right now. So then we're talking about things like ARVs, alien reproduction vehicles, um, UFOs that we've made, in other words. And, um, you know, the story goes that we found that technology and we reverse engineered it. And that's how we got to possibly testing out some of this stuff around our planet today. So, I mean, just to pick up on a few points then in terms of, like you said, you appeal to images, videos, things like that. And a large uh, quantity of these images are actually official NASA imagery, if I'm correct. That's right. So why would they make those things publicly available if they're also sort of uh, invested in um, a concerted effort to keep the truth from the general public? Is this some sort of oversight? Some of it is oversight. Some of it is also just the fact that, you know, independent researchers like yourself or Sean, you know, people that like to dig deep, 
be below the surface, the veneer, so to speak, of what's being published often find these anomalies over the years. Now, NASA has gotten really good at republishing photos, trying to clean the database that they previously had online because sometimes they missed you know, censorship or filtering of this data. Um, and on top of that, yeah, this is space cameras that their very own. So it's like, uh, you know, people talk about the Tic Tac UFO being recorded on state-of-the-art military aircraft through a gun camera uh, being recorded in infrared um, light spectrum, which the human eye can't even see in. And these space cameras that NASA employs often are using far light, ultraviolet light camera technology, which you know, consumers can't even really get high quality versions of that. But NASA has these pointing out in space and they record them. Oftentimes they are cutting the feed as soon as an anomaly shows up, a UFO in other words. Uh, they switch to a different camera that doesn't have that anomaly. Um, or, you know, they'll add distortion and other uh, methods to hide the object and try to, you know, distract the public from what's actually being shown. So it's a combination of things. It's a combination of having independent researchers scrutinize footage that comes from their own archives and pictures. Um, and it's also just obvious that NASA has been covering this up after you look at the long history of anomalies that I've compiled um, and their explanation just to be, oh, there's nothing to see here. And, and that's what we got also with the recent NASA UAP panel. It was really a chance to sort of debunk the issue again in the public. They didn't, they took time to talk things down instead of, you know, say there's something here that this looks like non-human intelligence. And I think the uh, whistleblowers release David Grush was uh, very timely because it was after that NASA UAP panel, after Arrow's congressional hearings, just to sort of dunk on them and say, guys, there is something here. There's whole government UAP research programs that have been happening for decades that are super top secret, very classified, and Arrow and NASA don't even have that data. I mean, just um, from somebody who I would consider myself a skeptic on, on these issues for sure, but I am kind of hoping UFOlogists are outright. I really would like there to be life out there and, you know, alien aircrafts visiting us. I think it just make the world far more colorful and, op you know, open up, up our horizons. Um, but it does feel to me, somebody across the pond, that this is a very American centric phenomenon. We don't tend to find a lot of claims of ufo crashes in europe or the uk or government cover-ups in the uk or, or europe especially i mean are extraterrestrials just choosing the united states to come and visit or are you aware of similar claims from other nations of course there's a whole history of claims from other nations in your own backyard we have the bent waters uh case right the uh air force base there where the rendlesham forest uap or ufo landed and, you know, 
dozens of credible military witnesses, some of which were exposed to radiation from that UFO. And Dr. Gary Nolan, an uh, American um, scientist, uh, he's actually a cancer researcher, was brought in by the CIA to observe the health effects upon people that were experiencers and were directly, um, you know, their health was affected by these up close and personal encounters with UAP. Uh, John Burroughs is one of these people that uh, apparently Gary Nolan uh, checked into. So you can look at that, that's in your own backyard. We have the Westall incident in Australia, one, possibly two craft touchdown. Uh, this was a mass daylight sighting. Over 200 students and teachers witnessed this in 1966. Um, you have the Ariel School in South Africa. Again, hundreds of witnesses over South Africa witnessed a UFO over a course of days. And eventually that touched down actually behind a school as well. And uh, these witnesses are still alive today. They've grown up from being kids to adults and they maintain their story. Um, you've also just got incidents in China. You've, you've got airports being shut down because UAP are just sitting over the flight path of commercial airplanes and disrupting uh, their ability to maintain their, their daily dues. You know, it, it happens everywhere in Russia. The Voroz, uh might be pronouncing this wrong, but the Vorozhnev uh, incident where a craft touched down in the middle of this little town uh, in the 1980s, two beings got out and uh, essentially kids, adults, everybody were fearing for their lives. And uh, they basically observed this area, got back in the craft and took off. The USSR or, the, or Russia has had hundreds and hundreds of incidents over uh, history. You can look up Paul Stonehill's research as soon as the uh, that Iron Curtain kind of came down in the 1990s. He escaped, fled Russia, and he took a lot of those UFO files that were compiled by intelligence services over there. Um, so I mean, sorry, just to interject, because you've, you've gave me a, given me a lot to, to consider there, because that, that's a fair number of case studies in in terms of like human contact, alien visitation, things like that, which would suggest this kind of thing is far more common than people realize. So, I mean, why is it then that all we really have to go on are these anecdotes, are eyewitness testimonies? What what kind of smoking guns can we look at in terms of objective evidence that helps corroborate some of these? What are, on the face of it, rather extraordinary claims? Well, look, uh, a friend of mine, James Fox, just published a documentary called Moment of Contact, which is about um, a series of UFO encounters that happened in Brazil in 1996, which eventually led to a downed craft, beings escaping, uh, and multiple thousands, if not hundreds, of residents to Virginia, Brazil, seeing these creatures. Uh, a military personnel actually had to, was tasked with capturing with one of them. He got so sick from touching it because it released this kind of like grease um, excretion from its skin. Uh, it made him so sick, it shut down his immune system and he died. We have 
pathology uh, reports from a actual doctor that show, you know, all of the coroner reports and, and all of the adverse effects from his death in this, uh, you know, encounter. Um, and apparently the American Air Force came in and uh, unannounced to the Brazilian military. They landed, they took bodies and they took debris, the crash craft with them, flew it back to the United States. Um, Dave Grush uh, worked worked for a number of years for the uh, geospatial uh, agency for the United States. Many people have rumored that this company actually knows or has been housing craft that the American military has recovered and collected over the years. That includes Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, the Roswell incident is incredibly documented, 1945 uh, and no, sorry, 1947. We do know of a crash that happened two years before that though. 1947, the Roswell, New Mexico, New Mexico crash happened. The Air Force, the American Air Force, came out, made a statement to the media. We've recovered a flying disc. The media and people in the United States panicked. They reversed their statement and said, no, it was a flying air balloon. Where have we heard balloons before? That happened just last year, this year. We were hearing about the American military shooting down through NORAD four separate objects over North America. And they called all of them balloons. We saw one video that was apparently a Chinese balloon. The rest, we haven't seen pictures or video for, and they could not find the craft. So, sorry, just to interject that, because it, it, it seems like your standard of evidence for the existence of balloons is much higher for that of extraterrestrials. You seem very skeptical uh, and evidence-based uh, when wanting evidence of balloons, but UFOs seem slightly more credible or believable to you. No, look, there's plenty of evidence from eyewitness testimony, from credible witnesses, both in the military as well as civilians. Phoenix Lights, 19, also in the 1990s, I think it was 1997, massive craft, flies over Arizona, Arizona, and thousands of witnesses made police reports of this craft basically being like a mile long. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and the Air Force was involved. Uh, I was at a conference this past weekend. Apparently, the Air Force flew two fighters at it. And uh, those fighters, when they got back to the base, they basically were being consoled because they were so shaken up when they were coming out of their craft. Um, the Brits may not believe in this phenomenon and think that there's not enough evidence, but the truth is that there's mountains of evidence. There's mountains of te eyewitness testimony, pictures, video, um, and this all comes from credible sources. You could, you know, sentence somebody to life in prison the same kind of evidence when you're doing a trial on a murder. But for UFOs, it's a joke to some people. And unfortunately, you can't really change that stigma if their mind is already made up. I think a lot of this data is classified and 
we're going to hear a lot more about it when this starts to come out uh, after Dave Grush's testimony to Arrow. I think they're going to have to interview him at this point. Uh, but, you know, these are this guy even says that high ranking military officials came to him and said they were either in charge or involved with UAP research projects for a long time. And a lot of that data is sequestered. It is classified. It is protected. It is not allowed to be seen by the public. And hopefully that will change, you know, and you will get that. Uh, a lot more of that data that you'd like. Well, keeping on on Grosh and his claims, Jake Ford has asked, what do you make of Grosh's claims about exotic dead pilots and reverse engineering of spacecraft? Personally, I'd like to see the evidence. Right. So I spoke of two incidents where we heard of crash craft from non-human intelligence in the past, 1996 with Virginia uh, Roswell, New Mexico incident, both of these reports. One had uh, reports of multiple dead bodies that were recovered out of that craft. That was Roswell. And Virginia, there was apparently two live pilots or two live beings that were recovered from that. Um, I believe it's possible if you're going to have craft that are run by a non-human intelligence, uh, you're going to have pilots, you're going to have occupants, crew. And um, supposedly, this is real. It's mind-blowing to some people that we might be finding out we're not alone through these kinds of means, through this sort of what people would consider conspiracy, right? But mm. if if you just look into this subject, for a year, I'm sure, Stephen, you're going to find so much evidence for so many of these different incidents that have happened throughout the world. You know, it's not just isolated to the United States. The United States has the best reporting system in the world. Uh, Canada, too. They kind of collaborate. Um, I don't know of a reporting system in the UK. I know that the UK, they actually did a, a study during the 90s uh, on UFOs and the nuclear effects. You can look this up. Uh, apparently, they surmised that there was a plasma signature that could be recorded with most of these credible UFO events that happened, uh, that they did their research on in the UK. I suppose what in terms of research and I suppose where I struggle the most because I'm I'm perfectly open to what we find and I'm, I'm kind of rooting for the idea of extraterrestrials and you have you know alien visitation to be honest but so much of this field of interest for me relies heavily on conspiracy theory so I, I suppose just to, to circle it back to what we were talking about earlier I, I think people who are interested in this subject have subjects are unfairly maligned sometimes as kooks people who who, who will believe anything and that's on fair something is certainly happening and we need to figure out what it is so on the face of that we have the you know the uap research team at nasa setting something up putting an official face on it and almost seemingly lending credibility to people such as yourselves but then that almost immediately becomes yet another conspiracy because they're not actually finding anything do you not think that might be why a lot of people struggle with this as a an endeavor because it does seem to be wrapped up in so much conspiratorial thinking it's not completely true to be conspiracy when 
NASA or ARO, the uh, All Domain Anomaly Research uh, Organization, has been set up by the American government to look into this. Um, they wouldn't be looking into this in the mainstream, uh, you know, research field if there wasn't something to it. And I think at this point, they're kind of putting a security spin on it, especially with the mm. Chinese air balloon sort of thing happening. Um, but they don't apparently have access to the data that guys like David Grush said they had access to hundreds of documents, testimony from people that were even above his pay grade that were part of these research programs looking into UAP and knowing that UAP are visiting our planet and all around. Um, so that says something. That says something to me that maybe Arrow and the NASA research group on UAP have been set up to possibly debunk all of this to the public. There are some scientists that are part of these uh, groups, you know, Rob, uh, Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of Aero, even stated that two to five percent of all the cases that they've looked at so far are highly anomalous and unexplainable, meaning not prosaic. So that right on itself shows if you look at the cases that they've looked at, that measures to about 16 to 46 very anomalous UAP uh, events that look to be, you know, something they can't explain. Could that be non-human intelligence that they're alluding to? They're not saying that, right? I don't think they can say that. But um, I think with this whistleblower that came forward recently, it was a way to draw that attention to these research groups and really show them they don't have any of the good information and they need to look at. So that the other thing is he filed a complaint, right? That there wasn't enough transparency about these groups. That's why he became a whistleblower because he's seeing what's going on in the public in terms of this research or dissemination of information to the public, but he knows that it's not enough. And that's why he came forward after these two events to present this and make sure that they look into it. So he hopefully they'll interview him and these other high ranking military officials that he worked with and that disclosed this information to him. Uh, officials that say that we have craft and bodies, you know, um, and they have the proof. So. Well, I mean, let, let's say for a moment, let's just grant the idea that the government are actively covering this up and they have an organization like NASA in their pocket doing their PR and spin for them. Pretty is, much. Is the, is the way through all this then private space exploration, something like SpaceX, who, who could cut through this noise and expose what's really going on and reveal their true findings in this in this sphere? Absolutely not. This is a security, uh, you know, this is a intelligence and defense issue uh they've always ruled this domain of research behind the scenes in a very top secret way uh it's not going to be a private industries undertaking if if one of these intelligence or defense agencies find out that 
a private agency is is trying to disclose or um, put out information that may be a threat to national security because you know through multiple people's research including mine uh, it UAPs have been considered na a national threat and that's why they have been deeply classified for so many years because it may be troubling it may be destabilizing for people and citizens in the public um, that these truths are are out there so you know i think spacex wouldn't be the place uh robert bigelow who ran um bigelow aerospace for a number of years was part of a research program osap um, that spent 22 million dollars privately investigating uap and you know that's just the tip of the iceberg there's apparently all kinds of research programs and data collection on this that's been happening from uh, different intelligence and defense agencies like the NSA, NASA, uh, which is a research agency, um, just compiling this information. So, I mean, it's really, it's at the discretion of citizens, I think, to look into this issue and to push their political leaders to disclose more because, um, you know, it's become a really hot topic now. And um, I think if we keep applying pressure in regards to this topic, it might finally budge something and allow these intelligence agencies to release more of this information. Amen. All right, Darcy. Well, I've, in I've enjoyed speaking to you. Where, where can people find out uh, more of what you do? Yeah. Uh, People can check out me on YouTube. It's Occult Journeys is my channel. Uh, also on Instagram. Yep, there's my link. Uh, I'm just Darcy Weir Films. And uh, my latest documentary is called Secret Space UFOs, Fast Walkers. Uh, that's on Amazon, iTunes, all these different streaming platforms. And we just cover all these anomalies since post-Apollo uh, missions 1973 right up until now and all this stuff that's happening even on capitol hill in terms of the uap subject thanks for having me on Stephen. it's our pleasure thank you very much for speaking to us darcy all the best take care